0: Welcome back to the Redicle Up podcast. I'm here with Austin Hull. He's a former Marine Corps Reserve shooting team member, firearms instructor, and he's a competitive shooter who's been shooting since junior years and still is as an adult. So Austin, how are you?
1: I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Oh, I'm excited. And where are you joining us? Yeah. Uh,
1: I live in Reno, Nevada, Sparks, Nevada, but it's it's the same city, basically.
0: So much fun out there, though. Like, that's what the dreamland for firearms <laughs>
1: it is um you know i used to live in california um which you can make fun of all you want um, but there's actually a ton of matches in california especially where i was from and moving up here i have access to all that i have access it's a seven hour drive down to vegas and about eight and a half down to st george utah oh, yeah. a ton of matches. um and what's really nice about nevada is there's only really two places that are populated it's vegas and here so the flights back and forth to vegas are like a 100 bucks and from las vegas you can get anywhere in the country so you know for you know a couple hundred bucks i could fly to texas and utah or you know arizona and all those all those places
0: yeah and people don't know like utah's a hotbed you know newer shooters they're not even aware like justine Jalice came out of there right like they're Mm -hmm. big deal um that's pretty cool and you go to shot show i'm sure
1: i i do um <laughs> not usually on my own recognizance because i'm kind of asked to go but um it's it's fun i've taken a habit of last couple of years just going like the last two days yeah which is nice because you get to see everyone but you're not like i i feel people t- treat shot show like an endurance event. <laughs> Like and at the so. end, they're, yeah, they're like, "Oh, I only got nine hours of sleep. You got eleven hours of sleep." Like, it's like I go down there on vacation. I take days off work. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm gonna go out, have some good food because it's Vegas, have a couple of drinks, see some people, and then go to bed. I don't want to stay up until four o'clock in the morning <laughs> to go to the show at eight. It doesn't make any sense.
0: I loved my first year at Shot Show. I think I did oh, go yeah. to bed one morning at six a.m. It was great. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, we digress, but I had to to know uh, all of that. So, okay. You start shooting at five years old, which is quite early compared to a lot of competition shooters. Mm -hmm. What do you remember about those early years of shooting?
1: Um, I remember everything weirdly because my, my old house in California, we had a glass, you know, kind of traditional glass front gun case. Yeah. It was always, always locked, which, Childhood safety, good thing, right? But I remember there were seven slots and there were eight guns in there. And one of them was this little 22 rifle that was just set, sitting on the side of another gun. And my dad only took out one of the guns once to go hunting or something. And one of them started to rust, so he took it out and cleaned it. But I, when I was a little kid, I never touched guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my next door neighbor, very good family friends with, owned a ranch. He said, well, come on out and we'll go explore and ride four wheelers and do all that fun stuff. Okay. Unbeknownst to me, my dad had pulled out that 22 rifle and we went out and we, you know, you're a kid, you don't really know what's going on. So your dad loads it up and kind of points, points it at the, the stump and says, here, pull the trigger. Yeah. And I remember that very, very vividly. We were shooting at um, a log in a lake, which is a terrible idea, never do that. But um, I remember it really vividly and then I still have that rifle which is awesome I love it
2: yeah and
1: that's really where I learned you know iron sights that was the first gun I took out and I shot with pretty much everyone because it's something I'm so familiar with and it brings back a lot of really cool memories
0: yeah that's awesome that's like a good heirloom too
1: yeah it was it was fun
0: so neat so um 22 obviously is where you started like you said said what progression of guns did you go through though like growing up like what was your next do you remember how you progressed
1: i only shot a couple of times uh before i took my hunter safety course okay and my dad my dad my brother and i all took it and my brother really had never had a interest in firearms but my mom said, well, if you guys are going to go take it, take your brother, because there's guns in the house, and it's a good idea, <laughs> and we all took it, and I think I was, or my brother and I are twins, so we, so cool, <laughs> we were probably eight, and I scored the high, I was super proud, because I scored the highest out of all the students, including the adults, on the little stupid written test to get my hunter safety license,
2: including the adults,
1: I love it, yeah.
0: love it, because it's then, so
1: true, <laughs> and then, like two or three months later every year the people who would host the hunter CG course would do a shoot so they'd bring out all these guns and all this ammo this is back you know this was you know early 2000s yeah and we went out and we shot so I shot 22s uh 22 mags uh one two two three bolt action rifle which when I was you know when you're a kid you think is huge cool yeah and, and a 410 shotgun which you know you don't know how to point a shotgun you don't hit anything with a 410 so we did that but then you know all the adults are shooting 12 gauge and 308 and 30 odd six and you think it's just you know it's a matter of scale so when I was a kid I thought it was you know crazy crazy now growing up I shoot you know 5.56 five, like it's easy
0: it is yeah like it is a 22 I mean when you build your own rifles that's how they shoot <laughs>
1: yeah I mean and it's a 22 caliber bullet right so yeah
0: yeah. I think a lot of people, um, I like that you, you mentioned that, don't realize how safe a lot of kids are. And I know we're going to talk about that um, because it is powerful testament to how lazy sometimes we can get Oof. and how cocky we can get, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You get so many people that treat guns like they're like magic,
2: mm-hmm. where
1: it's, you know, like, I uh, can't remember the ash and the evil dead and like, this is my boomstick. Like there's, if you've never experienced it, you don't know what you're doing. But I used to work in gun shops, and I would always explain this thing to people who didn't really know about guns. The first time you got into a car and you drove, you're probably scared, right? Yeah, I remember that. You get behind the wheel, and you have to look where you put the key in, and you have to grab your seatbelt and look where, but now you hop in your car, you put your seatbelt on, you don't even have to look where the key is, make sure your music's on, you don't even think about it. Right. But it's the same thing, right? As you know, if you were trying to teach a five-year-old how to drive a car, or a five-year-old how to safely handle a gun or anything you know knives stuff in the kitchen tools all these things are dangerous but if i'm teaching someone how to do it in a safe way or even just not even teaching them about what it is but to respect what it is yep that's probably the more important part rather than all right well this is how you make sure the gun's not loaded like probably don't do that but like hey this is what you, you know this is what needs to demand respect
0: yeah, absolutely. I'll get you said that. And, gun, and a gun is a tool, and that's across oh, yeah. the board. Doesn't matter what matter what age. Obviously, it's dangerous if mm-hmm. you don't know how to use it. So we'll get into all that. I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so okay, you get a little bit older, um, and you got super into shooting trap, which is so much fun. So how old were you when you started that, and what guns did you finally work up to then? Not a four ten.
1: <laughs> no, definitely not. I actually don't own a four ten. So, thank goodness, because go. they're they're terrible. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was like 10, I was obsessed with History Channel, because back this is back when History Channel actually used to play history.
0: I still am, though. because Yeah, a little
1: bit. Yeah. Uh, and they had this show that was about exhibition shooters. So, history, you know, Annie Oakley and all these people, and now they were talking about the modern uh, exhibition shooters, which the most famous one is Tom Knapp. That used to shoot for Benally's, since passed away, uh, but... He was doing, you know, throwing plays up in the air and shooting them with a shotgun and, you know, you know, shooting shells out of his pump action shotgun and shooting them and stuff like that. And I saw that and was like, hey, that's really cool and got shotguns. It's probably something I go out and try. Thankfully, there was a trap range about 20, 25 minutes from our house. My dad found. He went out and i shot my first ever round of american trap you know just standard five station
2: Mm -hmm.
1: on like a thursday night with a 20 gauge beretta bl4 which i still own Um,
0: Oh, cool! of course you do
1: of course it was one of my grandpa's guns i haven't sold any of those um and i shot like a 16 out of 25 nice turn my air off there uh so it was like a 15 or 16 out of 25. And the girl who was working the front counter and was going around, you know, putting plays in machines was one of the girls who was on the senior trap team. Cool. I was like, oh, like how how long have you shot? in, like, I don't know, like 25 minutes. <laughs> 25. And you know, she's like, well, if you, you know, I to talk to my dad, if you think that would be cool, you know, come out and take a look. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the coach lived in the same town we were from super nice guy so i just started shooting that and i actually ended up shooting a borrowed gun from him for almost two years before that's amazing. yeah
0: still 20 gauge
1: oh it was 12 gauge it was a remington wow but it was way too big for me mm-hmm. um and i think that's a common theme which we'll probably talk about but yes uh, you know it was basically like hey this is my kids old gun here shoot this because we don't want you shooting 20 gauge because the 20 gauge is common once again common misconception 20 gauges kick a lot more than most people think yep um and it was a light gun so he's not here you can barely hold this thing up but that's good because it's going to kick less so i shot that for a long time and then my parents eventually bought me a uh, bought me a gun
0: that's awesome you know a lot of people too they think they gotta uh you know go out and buy all the guns to get started and like you said you borrowed for two years i remember cowboy action i borrowed pistols for like a year yeah i mean people are willing to do that so if you're just in the right place right time i'm sure someone's willing to help out right
1: and shotgun sports are really accessible yeah because it's not like three gun or uspsa like we shoot now like you don't need a holster uh, right we don't need a five thousand dollar group of guns to go out and shoot trap you need if you know if your grandpa has it remington 870 that'll work yeah if you know even if it's a single shot sears and roebuck 20 gauge it'll work it's not great <laughs> but it, it does the job i mean i shoot trap in sporting plays with my stoger and that was like yeah. 500 yep so but then there's the exact opposite of the spectrum, which my, my trap gun now that I have was like $7,000.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So, I mean, everything's a spectrum, right? You know, you can go out and you can get, even if you're an adult and you go, Hey, I want to really try shooting trap, go buy an 870. Yeah. Cause it's okay. like 400 bucks. And even if you don't like shooting traps, stick a bunch of buckshot in it, stick it in your corner and now your home defense gun. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Please don't go buy out and buy thousands of dollar guns. Then you probably will maybe end up hating it. Then what?
1: <laughs> and we saw that a lot when we would work at the gun shop. You know, you get this person that comes in that's never had a gun before. Hey, I want this gun. Okay, cool. And they come back two weeks later. Oh, my wife said I can't have guns in the house. Or, hey, I bought this, but I really don't like it. Or, you know, my tire, my truck just blew a tire. I need to go spend a thousand bucks on tires. Can I return this? That's not really how that works.
0: No. No. God, working at a gun store. I've never done that. I want to hear stories about that eventually. Oh, there's
1: plenty. There's plenty.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. So, okay, but you ended up, uh, did you actually end up shooting on a team for that or like making medals? Like what it, what, what, happened with the trap shooting?
1: So, yes. The, the short answer is yes. There's a program now I think they've changed the name, but it was called the Scholastic Clay Target Program. Okay. Which I think they've expanded to do like um, Steel Challenge and Rimfire matches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a youth trap organization, Sporting Clays and uh, Traditional American Trap. So that was the group I was a part of. Cool. Some high schools actually have teams. I lived in a pretty liberal area, so my high school didn't have a team, (laughs) uh, but I was just, you know, a kid on the team shot so you know it was organized between you know rookie rookie whatever the intermediate one was junior varsity and varsity and was you know basically kind of paralleled with your years through elementary school through high school so cool so I ended up obviously rookie team Um, I won one match or one shoot when I was on the intermediate team and then I think my third or fourth year, I went up to the junior varsity team, and we pr- did pretty well for two years when we were all together. Uh, two thousand nine was our best year. So there was this big match always in California, and it's like the week out. It was always cool because it was the week after school got out. <laughs> so you go down there, and that's like where I had my first beer. Right, like just <laughs> high school. High school stories. Love it. And but it's like a million degrees mm-hmm. and I this is how different trap shooting is I was shooting in shorts a t-shirt or a collared, white collared shirt and flip-flops
0: so you look like a golfer essentially
1: yeah. yeah and you know shooting 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 and we knew we did pretty well but we didn't know how well we had done and they were calling the teams at the end third place these people like, okay well we know we beat them second plate like these people okay like they did pretty well mm-hmm. like we didn't know how well we had done and unbeknownst to us our parents had known we, had, we were winning oh and they called us up like hey you guys won the state because it, it was a combined score um hey you guys had won the state championship like holy crap that's so cool mm-hmm. um no, there's probably 400 kids 400 competitors wow so a lot of people. Yeah, and then 18 days later, I was on a plane to Sparta, Illinois, to the World Shooting and Recreational Complex, and we competed in and actually won the national championship that year. So cool! That was that was a really, really, really cool time. It was the first time I had ever traveled to shoot. Um, you know, we had club members donating money and donating ammo for us to go out and shoot so we could practice
0: awesome and
1: that's actually that that state championship is where i met a guy from the reserve army marksmanship unit okay so bringing back my uh, my Perfect. former job mm-hmm. yeah um and at that point the marine corps disbanded its trap shooting team he's like hey man just keep it up they might bring it back you never know blah 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 blah, blah. and then you know years later unfortunately they didn't bring it back but it's kind of a good thing because trap gets pretty boring
0: yeah it's but, the same thing yeah, yeah. that's so cool Did you, okay What does a trap like team win like do you get rings like the super bowl do you get
1: like i wish um it's over in the corner it's actually which is weird because the state trophies were better than the national trophy because <laughs> the state trophy is like this little acrylic pyramid looking thing that's got you know 2009 blah blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. but the nationals we just got like gold medals and then like one team trophy which the coach kept because he's the coach, like, yeah. So you know but so I have my little trophy thing, and I've got a couple of you know three gun trophies. But
0: that's so cool. It's so not cool. like you win.
1: It's no, it's not like the Olympics where you win. You know, what an Olympic medalist get? At what thirty thousand bucks or something like that?
0: Yeah, something big. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that's neat, though. I wanted to know if there was any anything there, and like that that trophy probably set off a lot of confidence too, like in yourself, right? Yeah.
1: Um, it definitely did. Uh, It was kind of weird because my twin brother uh, is a very accomplished baseball player. He played D1 college baseball. So my dad would travel with me and my mom would travel with my brother. Oh, neat. Okay. State championship, national championship. My mom and my brother were actually up at our vacation house in the, the lake, Lake Tahoe. And I won. My dad and I flew back and my dad had to stay in work so he put me on a train to come up to Tahoe to be with my mom and my brother for the summer and he would travel back and forth and it was it was weird because that was the first time for like six months I didn't touch a gun <laughs> uh, I had been shooting for like you know a couple years and we had shot a ton that summer to practice for the state practice for the nationals mm-hmm. and I went up there and I didn't touch a gun for like four or six months and it was just weird
0: were you burnt out or just it happened that way
1: a little bit of both. Uh, there wasn't a, really a trap range up here, so we can't really shoot up here anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, then it was just the summer. It was, you know, hang out and go to the lake and do all that stuff. And then when I went back for this, the fall, it was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get this thing going again. And at that point, our team, hadn't, our team had kind of broken up and it never really clicked in to, you know, repeat or anything like that. But it was still a good time
0: awesome your parents make a lot of sacrifices i didn't know that like that's a yeah. lot yeah definitely oh my goodness uh going back to what you're saying the clubs and stuff do you know of now like what you know clubs or shooting teams nowadays that like juniors can join or how they can find that information
1: the information's hard because i'm actually trying to find it myself um i want i haven't shot at like an actual trap range in like four years Oh wow. So I want to get back into it and I want to get back into coaching some a junior league of some kind.
0: Yeah. But
1: I can't find one. Um, I know there's a club a couple you know about a half hour away that I think has one but they're not they don't respond to Facebook messages. Um, So one of these weekends I just have to go down to talk to someone which is kind of a scary barrier to entry especially for kids and stuff like that. I know that was kind of luck to have you know the girl there from the team that was like hey
0: yeah come in
1: check it out so i know the scholastic clays it's sctp is still a thing Mm -hmm. i know there's there's one other one that does the uh steel challenge matches and stuff like that
0: sasp sass
1: I think so, yeah. And it
0: just had national, and, so I don't know what that stands for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. And then there's, there's Sorry, you know, <laughs> there's, there's Appleseed matches, which are more of, like, a Precision 22 kind of thing. There's some other youth groups, you know, um, some uh, FFA or uh, 4-H clubs have
2: shooting, 4-H. Yeah. shooting
1: events, but they're not necessarily organized, like, state or national things, Right. which is kind of weird because... I mean, shooting is an Olympic event. We all saw people who won Olympic gold medals the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I've fortunately been in an a, a area that I've met several Olympic medal winners, including Kim Rhode, who's the
0: oh, she's amazing.
1: She is amazing. She's the most prolific Olympic shooter I believe of all time. Yeah, uh, notwithstanding the fact that she's a female, she's an awesome person. Uh, she actually lives in California, which is weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, Most of the cool people are out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of these other sports, football, baseball, soccer, you can do it in school and you can go all the way up, whether you're going to become an Olympian or a professional or you go to the European league or play in Australia or whatever, you can't really do that with shooting. It basically has to be, I think it's, it's kind of like golf or riding horses. A lot of people see it as like a rich man sport yeah because unless your dad or your uncle does it you don't really get into it you know how do you get into oh hey i want to ride a horse I'm like okay i'm gonna go spend 50 grand on this horse and then a thousand bucks a month to keep it alive <laughs> i mean you know
0: i essentially did that though i was in college and i googled and florida state had a team and i joined the team then i went into still challenge and usbsa and bought all the guns yep. and i yeah, it was really difficult, like that's not something, you need a mentor, you need a team, but then this, essentially it's why I moved to Tennessee too, is because there was no 3-gun, there's no USPSA, mm-hmm. I was like, why am I living here when this is my passion, you have to move.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, like you said, college, I know Texas A&M has a team. Uh, UT a... does as well. Yep, um, yeah. most yeah. of the big like uh, military technical schools do, Yeah, uh, obviously the academy schools do, and then most people get their backgrounds from, like I said, family members or the military and law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, I was in the military and I took up shooting and now I want to, you know, go do this, this or that. But really, that's, that's kind of the biggest barrier to entry. We talked a little bit about cost. Yep. There are shooting competitions that don't cost a lot of money.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, there are shooting competitions where it costs essentially no money. You can go out and shoot air rifles that cost, you know, yeah. 10 bucks for a thing that pellets that big that'll last you for the whole year yeah but how do you get into it especially in places like colorado um california especially southern california
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um you know um even you know rural or not you know non-rural places in florida are pretty blue (laughs) and a, a kid coming in to school talking about oh i'm you know shooting guns on the weekend i got told after i won the nationals that i shouldn't talk about it because it was about guns
0: like, and that's back then like think about how bad it is now i
1: was like well find another kid in this school that has a national championship at a sport and then we can go ahead and talk because no one else does They're like oh well it's, it's like it's you just got to be careful like it's just just a sport
0: right right you know what it is um so like okay going back to how would a junior though then get involved if they want to shoot? Like, is there any way for them if they didn't have a uncle, brother, cousin, dad, mom that could do it? Are there any people or programs or I don't know?
1: Uh, So I would say find one of those teams, find the SETP or the, you know, the junior club or the 4-H, even if you're not a member of the 4-H program or, you know, whatever it might be, just express interest. And as you know, the shooting community is very generous and even if they don't know say like hey i don't know but my buddy knows a guy whose kid shoots for blah 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 yeah um and there's plenty of juniors who shoot in three gun and uspsa and things like that so uh i think we're pretty lucky with things like practice score you know you can go search on practice score and find even if it's not uh you know a a sport you're necessarily interested in go out and watch you know take as a you know obviously this you know we're talking about more of a a parental thing Mm -hmm. take your kids out and watch a match or take them to the trap range and say hey you know like this is a thing you don't just have to play soccer or baseball or cheerleading or something like that like yeah there are other things out there you know how do you get into these things if you don't know they exist
0: Yep, And like the other recommend, recommendation I would say too, is go to the kids short sporting events too. You know, there's some colorful language a little bit, you know, there's, yeah. <laughs> but legit, like, I mean, I just worked still challenge every four match. Um, those kids are more safe gun handling wise than adults. Like I would turn my back on the kids if I wanted to. And I'd be like, yeah, they're fine. You know, they're, it's amazing. It's really cool.
1: And that's one of those things that really breeds, you know, professionalism, especially in kids is. Mm -hmm. I learned so much from shooting that applies to both my military career and what I do shooting now. Like, yeah, I never knew what being mentally tired was (laughs) until I was focused, you know, doing the same thing a hundred times. Yep. And the only way to be perfect is to do it exactly the same a (laughs) hundred times. And I got my, I got in the the truck, and my dad was driving home, they just passed out, <laughs> and I woke up like pulling into the driveway of my house. <laughs> and I was just like, I didn't do anything like trap isn't hard. it's not like you have to like you know you're not running yep. you're not lifting weights, but i you know I was so worn out <laughs> by doing one thing, and I think that's not a thing a lot of not a lot of people recognize, you know, oh yeah, there's you know, all these sports are you know action packed you get you know. You get dumps of adrenaline, you know, if we're, you know, you're hitting a baseball or, you know, football, you know, you get tackled and you get that adrenaline dump. You don't really get that a lot in a shooting sport like Trap. So you, you have to be so stead set on one thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really played to where I was in my life then. Now I, I can't focus on anything. It's terrible.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. For, for Trap, though, what was like your favorite part of shooting Trap? Was it the mental stuff?
1: <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Um, it, I think it goes back to a lot of stuff. It was just the people. You know, you go, we had our team, but, you know, I would go to different cities and different states throughout the United States, and it's this one big community. Um, yeah. You know, I would see people that I would only ever see at one match every year. And, like, hey, what's up, man? How you been? It's good to see you. And we're kids at that point. But now, you know, it's adults, you bring into the shot show. There's people I only see once a year at shot. Right. And I'll go shake their hand, give them a hug. We'll go have drinks. And then I won't, I'll see him for four days and won't see him again for a year. But then the next year, we'll do the same thing over
0: again. <laughs> yep. Or there's people that you see at every single match and you're like, buddy, we yeah. travel too much. <laughs> yeah,
1: For sure. That is, and that is true. You know, you get the people that you see over and over and over again but then those are the people that they could be on a different team and your gun goes down and they'll give you your you know the uh, loaner gun
0: yeah 100 yeah my buddy aj is in a different state and i swear to god we went to world Beach shooting a uspsa match through and like all this oh it was back to back it was kind of funny i was like this is yeah. kind of bad
1: <laughs> it's funny how that works
0: and he's married so he's got a lot more problems i think kids. Are like, <laughs> i don't know how you're doing as much as i'm doing you know
1: for I sure and
0: leave um, Oh,
1: go ahead. That's another thing I see a lot is you get that jump. So I shot all the way up until I graduated high school and then I joined the military and I didn't really shoot for like two years Mm. because I had a job and I got into, you know, relationships and I, you know, was trying to buy a car and, you know, going out and spending a whole weekend dumping a bunch of money. When I could be working or I could go spend a bunch of money on something that I probably won't win like you know yeah it's really easy when you know I'm a kid living at home and I yep. can you know, come home and my mom's gonna make me a sandwich and I can go in the garage and you know dry fire it's easy
0: <laughs> no I know I I know juniors have a little bit of a stigma which we'll get into but we do my friends and I we do joke, it's like, dude, they have their parents that can feed them and give them drinks and pay their bills and drive them around and like don't all they have to worry about is school, really. I mean, mm-hmm. they have no idea what it's like on this the outside pressures that we say that we don't bring to matches, but we do. Oh, totally. We do. Perfect. Yeah. We digress in. But okay, going back <laughs> to <laughs> last thing on trap. Um, yeah. oh, and I thought you were gonna say reset. Reset's easy, right? <laughs>
1: Well, with trap, yeah, you don't have to do anything.
0: Yeah, you do nothing. Get into trap shooting if you're that person. Um, What would you recommend gun-wise for people who are interested in trap, like you said, Stoger or something else, over, under? Like, what do you like to shoot?
1: Um, I have, I kind of said, I have a very expensive gun, um, which is a combo. So it's got a single barrel and a double barrel. They're both, you know, weighted. So they're the same, the gun swings the same. The gun was fit to me. Um, So, you know, how I bring the gun up and how it, you know, nothing's a perfectly straight line with your body. So all these different things, but that's a very, very high end. Um, I think we're really lucky right now because there's a couple of really good guns for not a ton of money. Uh, My number one recommendation, I like break open guns because they're more controlled. Uh, Pump guns and semi-autos, you have to worry about a couple of different things. One safety. Uh, you always have to keep the gun open, which with a pump gun or semi-auto is a little bit more difficult because as the coach, I'm standing back here watching five kids walk around with guns. So like, hey, that gun's a break open. I can see it's broken open. Right. Even if there's a shell in there, it doesn't matter. It can't go bang. Yeah. But he's got a semi-auto. I can't see from the back whether the bolt's forward or not. Yeah. So I prefer break open guns, they shoot a little bit softer, but that's a personal preference. Um, My personal recommendation would be just general advice, get the heaviest gun that you can hold uh, because it's gonna recoil less. Obviously get something you like the looks of, get something that you like the ergonomics of, uh, because if you don't like it, you're not gonna shoot it. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah,
1: definitely. but once again, it works, you know, if you go to big five and they've got a sale on the, you know, the woodland camo 870 and it's a hundred bucks off, buy it. Yeah. Because it'll, you know, you can go out and buy some ammo with that saved money. Yep. Uh, but CZ, uh, Ruger makes a couple of good break open guns that aren't a ton of money. Uh, there's all the imported ones. So you've got, uh, You know, all these imported from Turkey, uh, a couple of guns from the Philippines that you can get for, I mean, you can get uh, pump guns from the Philippines that are imported by Armscore for like literally $200. That's awesome. And yeah, it doesn't look super cool and nice and finished, but it works. Uh, You know, kind of the same thing with the guns coming out of Turkey and things like that. You know, a couple hundred bucks will get you a gun. Um, you go up a little bit, you can get into the CZ break open guns. Some of those are really nice and they're seven, eight hundred bucks. Ruger makes some guns. Browning still makes yeah. break open guns, which are more expensive, but you get more out of them, right? It's kind of, you know, everything's a trade off. Yep.
0: And then you get into um, the
1: $5,000 guns.
0: So a lot of people don't know what shotgun fitting means. So I do want to talk, talk about that. I think that's a big education point. People don't understand stock distance and their cheek weld and anything like that. So mm-hmm. can you talk about the pieces that people need to look at or modify or get fitted for from a professional?
1: Yeah, definitely. So everyone's used to rifles, right? You put the rifle up and you move your head and you move your eye and you align the sights. When the sights are aligned, you pull the trigger. You don't do that with a shotgun yet. I aim a rifle or a pistol, I point a shotgun. So it's the difference between, you know, it's kind of a hard way to describe it. It's a difference between using a set of sights and literally just swinging your whole body. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if I get a gun, generic off the box gun, it's gonna have zero measurement. It's gonna be a perfectly straight line. So if I bring the gun up, it might be, it might look perfect to me but I might have the gun pointed slightly down or up or left or right. So you can have these, a lot of these generic guns, Remington 870s and Mossberg 500s doesn't really matter because you're shooting, you know, cans out in the desert, things like that. But when you're shooting at flying objects, whether it be birds or clays, the way your body moves changes that. So you can adjust the cant and the cast and the comb and all these different things so, you know, the gun might be lined up like this, but the stock needs to be slightly this way or slightly that way or higher or lower to change where you, you what basically what you want your eye to be looking the exact place the barrel's going. Yeah. yeah. So when I bring the gun up, if I'm looking, you know, at your, the flag behind you and I point it right in the middle, I pull the trigger and it's five inches to the right. You move the stock a little bit, you move it up and you pull the trigger again and it's dead on.
2: Pretty so... Cool
1: it's, but that's one of those things that it's not an exact science. Yeah. You have, you basically have to go to someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're just trying to get into it, you know, you want to go out and shoot a couple times a year with your buddies, it really doesn't matter. But if you're going to be getting, once again, you know, you're getting into these more expensive guns, you're getting into more, you know, trying to do it more and more, you're going to go out every week and do it. Mm-hmm. That's really something you definitely want to take a look at because eventually you're either going to build bad habits trying to do something to adjust to the gun. Right. Or you're going to frustrate the hell out of yourself and you're going to quit.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which
1: is what a lot of people do, unfortunately.
0: Yep. It's the same thing with archery. I mean, you got to get a pro to fit you. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that. So that's pretty cool that you shared that. The other thing, too, is patterning your shotgun, knowing yep. chokes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> a lot which gets into action shooting, too. A lot of people don't know a pattern is three-dimensional. hmm So you know, I can shoot a you know a three foot by three foot cardboard box in it. Oh, you know that nice and even. But if I'm swinging the gun, then it spreads out. So you know, what does your pattern look like when it's moving? You know, it's a lot easier to hit a target with a shotgun when it's sitting still than when it's moving.
0: (laughs) I love it. And barrel length. We won't get too far into the but there's so much and but I love shotguns they're my favorite guns in the world so I want to talk about that do it yeah so uh going back to you to junior shooting what um was it like being a junior shooting as far as like expectations versus reality
1: for me it wasn't anything crazy it was something I had played you know my brother played baseball that was what he fell in love with but you know we were kind of the typical you know you'd go and play uh, at the YMCA little league where, you know, you'd go play indoor soccer and uh, you know, basketball and baseball and little league and all these different things. And it just, wasn't something that I was interested in. Yeah. So, you know, I tried everything. I played volleyball for one year in elementary school I, I liked it, but I wasn't good necessarily really good at it. It just wasn't something I was passionate about. You know, I, I wouldn't want to go out and practice playing volleyball. It's fun. But when I started shooting, it was something that I really took akin to. Um, Now my cat's going to start making noise. Uh, And I think that was kind of just something my parents really were supportive of. Like, hey, he's found his thing. Let's let him do that. Which I can't thank my parents enough for because. You get a lot of people that, know you're going to play volleyball because I played volleyball and your brother plays volleyball, or you're going to play football because I sucked at it when I was in high school and you're going to be good at it. Uh, You know, we're you talk about Tiger Woods' dad making him hit, you know, a thousand golf balls a day, you know, talking about all these crazy things that people do to their kids. And I was fortunate enough that it was just a fun thing. Obviously, I became pretty proficient at it. Mm -hmm. but it was a thing that I never really did or was never really shown to do for clout. You know, it wasn't something that I was going to be, you know, pressured to do, uh, you know, other than my own personal pressure, which when I was a kid, I didn't really have too much of, I beat myself a lot, a lot more now than when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, it was like you said, it was, you know, I'm going to come home and my mom's going to make me a sandwich. And if I'm going to go shooting, awesome. It's going to be fun. But, you know, now I have to go spend my own money to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to go piss myself off at the range. So, but when I'm, I mean, on the team, there were definitely those kids that, you know, their parents spent a lot of money and a lot of time on them and yeah, and it was, it's definitely more common for that to happen in junior year. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get these people that have ideal dreams of going to the Olympics and stuff like that. And you think it's hard to become a professional baseball player. <laughs> it's talk about trying to get into the Olympics. That's like cult like stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, I got offered to try out for some of these teams and it, it gets pretty weird pretty quick.
0: <laughs> what does and it I mean? mean? You
1: get pretty weird pretty quick. <laughs> cat here.
0: For those listening, packing the cat. <laughs> trigger,
1: trigger discipline. Um, like I said, it was almost like a cult. Um, it was to the point of, like, hey, you got here perfect, but now we're going to teach you the way we want you to do
0: it. Oh.
1: It was just, you know, it's basically if you have the money and you want to drink the Kool Aid, you can <laughs> do it and you don't even necessarily have to be the best to do it. You got to fit into the system. Oh yeah. And I I think we see that kind of with some of the stuff which happens to some of these Olympic teams. You know, you get, you know, unfortunately people being assaulted and being forced into things they don't want to do and-
0: Oh yeah, more and
1: more. It can become pretty bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, <laughs> uh, we'll still talk about being a junior shooter, though. I think uh, we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. So, you know, I've been to all these matches all over the country, and I've even taught with a 12 year old before. And I see really good gun handling, finger <laughs> on the trigger, muzzle discipline. They wait for the commands right They're waiting for you knowing like, hey, if I mess up, you know, it's a big deal. Um, but there's this mass, massive like social stigma too that kids face, right? When people mm-hmm. are talking to them and they don't take them seriously, right? Yeah. How did you overcome all of that?
1: I was actually thinking about this question earlier, and it's funny because this wasn't when I was a kid, but it was when I was working at a gun shop. Oh, I was... My me, favorite
0: places. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was me. I was probably 21, 22, And... Uh, this other guy, Jim, who was a Vietnam Air Force veteran. Mm-hmm. And our manager is this little short five foot two girl, actually. And someone would come in, ask me a question, blah, 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 all these different things. And I'm, you know, giving them answers, giving them advice. And then they'd look over at Jim, because he's the, you know, he's the guy, he should know all these things. And one day, Jim was doing something else. And he looks over and goes, I don't know why you're looking at me, the kid's right. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, Mm-hmm. oh oh okay but it like you were just talking about you get these people that you know oh kid doesn't know his. you know doesn't know what he's doing yep the kid's going to do something unsafe mm-hmm. and most of those activities especially the unsafe parts comes from bad teaching not lack of teaching right, right. bad teaching, usually on the behalf of the parents <laughs> because you know oh You know, my grandpappy taught me how to shoot a gun. I'm going to teach you how to shoot a gun. And they don't really know what they're doing. And then the kid starts doing something that's unsafe. So getting a kid into, uh, even if it's a hunter safety course, I always recommend people take hunter safety courses, even if they don't want to go hunt, because it's so step-by-step. It's made for me to teach literally children how to be safe so you know like my dad did take your kid out and go take him to a hunter safety class because even if you don't like guns in 10 years and you're walking down the street and there's a gun laying on the street you can go i'm not going to mess with that i'm going to call the cops right instead of going oh look a gun bang you shoot your buddy (laughs) that's that stuff stuff happens and it's scary because it's basically like you know we're not going to talk about this this is you know this is dad's thing don't touch it yeah what's what's the first thing you do hey don't touch that red button you're like gonna go with that. one? yeah yeah like <laughs> you know if it's the one of the best ways that i ever heard it described was you know someone's like hey you know you want to well dad i want to you know i want to i want to know about the gun like okay take the gun you know make sure it's unloaded ask questions what do you want to know
2: mm-hmm.
1: they would do that you know Obviously, you know, dad comes home tired from work. He's not going to be super happy about it. But anytime the kid wanted to ask questions about the gun, all right, let's talk, you know, this is how you hold it. This is how you this. You know, this is how you do this. And eventually the kid became a very competent shooter. Yeah, yeah. Or you could hide the gun in the dresser drawer and say, don't ever touch this. Yep. And then the kid's going to get curious one day when dad's not home and blow a hole through the wall
0: oh yeah I think up across the board think about all the programs we learned in school that said don't do this and what are they going
1: to do? and then you get caught smoking weed with a science teacher right
0: oh it's terrible
1: that was me that was me oh, <laughs> um.
0: but no yeah I mean curiosity is a real I mean you could lock the guns up right that's like the end all be all but you don't mm-hmm. want to have to do that and accidents oh when accidents happen you know it's because they the you know, they can't pull the trigger with any of their fingers. They turn around, use their thumb. They yep. teach that in my classes. So it's like, let's let's teach them how to respect the firearm. That's, that's what's cool. But we'll um, get off the sad subject. Uh, gun store. I really, yeah. really want to know your perspective on a lot of things. I absolutely hate going to gun stores. I love wanting to support gun stores. I would love to shop local. I really, 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 really would. Except for they're assholes to me. They are degrading towards me and they want to tell me what I need Versus they don't even know the purpose of why I walked in there, right? Yeah. Why, like, how can people be better about that? Or how can people be, I don't know, gun owners or gun store owners be better? I don't even know where I'm going with this. That's frustrating. So just share your thoughts.
1: <laughs> so I see it from your perspective because I did it right as a kid going in the gun store. Like, hey, can I look at that? I'm like, where's your dad? <laughs> and then going on the other side of the counter and, you know, you get the, kid that comes in that watches every YouTube video on the planet and thinks that he knows how to make his M16 into a machine gun. Like, Let's go ahead and cut that out. So you get a lot of kind of what I was talking about earlier. Hi, I'm, you know, Joe Schmo off the street and I want a Glock 27 with plus P ammo as my first handgun because my neighbor's a cop and he told me that's what I should buy. don't don't do that like terrible idea But then you get a lot of you get plenty of the people that don't want to have a conversation for the 12th time that day so they go yep here you go 700 bucks have a nice day (laughs) so i think it's a lack of i wouldn't say a lack of it's twofold so on the people that come into the gun store talk to people do some research look at some youtube videos with a grain of salt, obviously, you know, watch people who own the gun. Don't watch people who are sponsored by that company who owned the gun. (laughs) Yeah. If you want a CZ, go look, you know, Google CZ P10 review Mm -hmm. and look at the good ones and look at the bad ones. Yeah. And then come in and go, Hey, I've been looking at a CZ P10C. Here you go. Take a look at it. But you get the people that come in. Oh, hey, I've like never even seen a gun in real life. Like, I want to buy a gun. You're like, oh, perfect. Here we go. Because I've had that conversation ten times this week, and it's Tuesday. Oh, wow. And I always prided myself on asking the questions. You come in. You've never owned a gun before. Mm -hmm. Hi. Um, I'm a five foot one, weigh 110 pounds. Uh, dripping wet and I'm I want a uh, I want a small gun and ooh, that one's pretty because it's pink and silver I I should get that one like mm -hmm. (laughs) do you plan on carrying the gun do you Mm -hmm. plan on shooting the gun a lot what do you want to do with this thing and that's you get these people that own gun stores because that's what they did after they retired from the military yeah and don't really give a shit yeah Uh, especially for people like you that come in that actually know what you're talking about And whether you want to come in and buy something, you know, Hey, I want that, uh, you know, strip receiver over there. And uh, Oh, cool. I'll take some of that right there too.
0: Easy. But that's easy.
1: Yeah. Or you get the people that come in and have no intention of buying anything, but want to take up two hours of your time talking about, you know, my uncle who fought in Korea, who told me this story, (laughs) who taught me this story about this thing. dude, like, I'm just trying to sit here and make my paycheck and just, like, teach someone about guns. Like, you know, it's it's hard from my perspective because I pride myself on knowing so much about guns, but then you get the people that, they're the keyboard warriors that come in and, you know, oh, I heard on the internet, I heard this, you're like, ah, it doesn't really matter. Yeah,
0: you can't really help the people that don't want to be helped and they don't, they're not interested in anything you have to say. Yeah, like the credibility factor is kind of gone, right? Because people don't know who, and we're not necessarily big people, right? Just people that are trying to learn and do the things. But yeah, it's frustrating, on both sides of the counters. So I buy online.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and (laughs) and that's another frustration, right? Is you get people that are trying to do awesome stuff, Mm -hmm. that own really cool shops, that there's the people like you that buy things online because maybe they don't, they can't get them anywhere else. Right. Or you get the, you know, jack wagon that comes in that buys a gun off gunbroker, And I open the gun and it's a gun I have sitting in the case. Yeah. For the same price he paid. Yep. And now he's got, to, he's got to pay me the transfer tax, the state tax and whatever fees and shipping. Yeah. And shipping. Yeah. And then I go, Hey man, you know, you could have bought the gun from us and we would have made more money. Yeah. Same price and he goes oh well you know like yeah you know and that's that's one of those things that it's kind of like finding a good mechanic you have to search for it yeah yeah everyone has that you know oh i bought a car that's got 12000 miles on it and whatever happens and they want to charge me you know they said i need new spark plugs and <laughs> you know 50 my my you know blown right rear you know, brake rotor has gone from a $400 job to they want 10 grand to do all this stuff that doesn't need to be done. Right. You get the people that come in that most people aren't gun enthusiasts. Most people don't have 10 guns. They've got two or right. one and they come in once a year to buy some ammo and a target say, thank you very much. Have a good one. <laughs> or they, you know, they go to Walmart or wherever if you want to foster that relationship, show up, buy stuff, even if it's more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. If you that. know, if you know, I can go on Amazon and buy this set of earmuffs for 12 bucks with free shipping, but it's 1499 $14. Mm-hmm. $14. Mm-hmm. from the guy down the street. Go buy it from him.
0: Oh, I would love to. Yeah. I just haven't found yeah. an bell here yet.
1: Yeah. And that was my, that was my struggle it was like, you know, I stopped working for the store I was working for
2: mm-hmm. and
1: <laughs> I didn't really have a relationship with a shop anymore and thankfully I found a guy who super cool and if I want to transfer something hey man I got something I'm like cool I'll tell you when it shows up yeah yeah and that's unfortunately really hard to find
0: very hard to find yeah I had one in Florida and I started working at a shop here I will never support that shop ever again but yeah
1: <laughs> we all know how that goes too unfortunately I know I know
0: all right we digressed again but yeah so there's pros and cons and I don't know how to fix that I don't know if we'll ever fix it but for people listening that maybe work there, I don't know, try not to be condescending. And then on the flip side, maybe educate them on your expertise or on your credibility. So that way people do listen. Cause that's hard too.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's the harder part. Um, okay. So growing up, well, before we get into the Marine Corps, what was the biggest difference or like the biggest, I guess, uh, change from going from a junior shooter into an adult shooter?
1: Uh, guns and ammo are really expensive <laughs> and you have to uh, make
0: your own sandwich. <laughs>
1: Like I said, um, you know, I've had those experiences where I was the, you know, the junior shooter getting everything paid for. Mm-hmm. And then I was the teenager still living at my parents' house. And, uh, you know, I eventually moved out. I, you know, live with my wife now and I can't go out and spend, you know, <laughs> three day, a day traveling, two days in a match, a day traveling back, hotels, all this stuff. If I could do it 15 times a year, I would. And I am i don't know how some of these people do it. <laughs> but, you know, I was at a point where, like, I've got to stop shooting as much. Yeah. Which is because I really enjoy shooting. And especially coming out of working with gun shops, is you know, I got to play with guns every single day. Right. Which is awesome. But it also kind of sucked because... know i would get on my day off and like really do i really want to go out to the range i can just go to work and dry fire (laughs) so i i one of the biggest things for me was just you know i say it a lot to people just in my general life is like real life gets in the way of real life yeah like i can't spend every single cent i have mail ordering ammo and all the cool parts (laughs) because i have to pay my car payment and pay my rent and have a little bit of money in the bank in case something goes wrong. Yeah. And you know, it it would be great if I could you know, go eat every, you know, every meal at my parents' house and save a couple hundred bucks a month on groceries. You <laughs> just can't do it. So understanding that hobbies are hobbies. Mm-hmm.
2: You
1: know, I've got pretty expensive hobbies. I collect whiskey, <laughs> I shoot, I play golf a little bit, which is even harder than shooting. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> just the realization that, you know, it'd all be pretty cool if we were sponsored by, you know, SIG or someone like that. And they, they literally wrote me a paycheck. Yeah. But just at a point, it's just not going to happen. You have to understand that I do this for fun and that's what it needs to be. Talking about what you talked about, pressure earlier, is it's really easy to go. What the hell am I doing? I just spent three grand to fly across the country to go to a match. All this ammo, you know, hotels and food and rental cars. Oh, yeah. And I, I placed 50th. Yep. What am I doing? And I've done that. I've, I've done it before. Just driving home on the plane, flying home from Virginia after a match, beating myself up. like contemplate literally contemplating selling all my guns oh i'm sure i've been there yeah i like i just don't know why i'm like i could literally i could sell all my guns and just play golf and never have to spend any more money on golf clubs ever again (laughs) but like i enjoy shooting yeah and it's something that like i've talked about baseball and all those things it's something shooting's the only thing i've ever always come back to that's awesome so it's it's you know, it's really easy to get into that mindset that, yeah, hey, this is really cool. I'm just gonna go out and shoot every weekend. But sometimes you gotta you gotta turn the dial back and realize that, you know, you might want to pick up an overtime shift.
0: <laughs> there you go. I mean, did you work with any people like as a junior, have any sponsors as a junior that you, I guess, had as a, an adult, or worked with any of them, you know, later?
1: Um, I wasn't really sponsored by anyone when I was trap shooting, just because that's kind of a weird. Yeah. I mean, unless you're sponsored by a big, big company like Winchester Remington, mm-hmm. uh, or some of the smaller, or not really smaller, but some of the boutique, like um, Kriegoff, uh Perazzi, Caesar Greeny, all these companies that make really, really expensive shotguns, you don't really get sponsorships. Um, mm-hmm. My art range let us shoot for free when we were practicing for the national championship. So I guess you could call that a sponsorship. Um, but my first actual sponsor sponsor was a company that I'm still still with, uh, FrogLube,
2: oh, cool. and
1: you know, just another one of those weird gun stories. Um, I saw a match on Shooting USA.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It was the uh, NRA World. Well, it wasn't the NRA World Shooting Championship at that point, but it was the what is now the NRA World Shooting Championship. Cool. Okay. Which is super cool because you show up at the match with your backpack with your water in it, ears and eyes, and you walk up to the stage and guns and ammo are provided. Yeah. So they go, hey, here's your pistol. You're going to be shooting, you know, plate rack. Okay, cool. Bang, 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 bang. Cool. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> the next stage is something completely different. So when I went out there, I met a guy who was working in the frog loop booth. Hey, you know, come check out our products. Kind of standard stuff. And he lives in Reno, Nevada.
2: Nice.
1: Five, six years later, the job, the store I got a job at, he was my coworker.
0: Oh, neat. It all comes full circle. Yeah. So. And, and it's a very small community. People don't realize he,
1: that. He got me connected with FrogLube, my first sponsor, and I ended up working with him. So, you know, that's one of those things. Every it's all kind of interconnected mm-hmm. and you no know, i can call people you know I, I don't like referring to them as sponsors it's more friends and partners at this yeah. point you know i've had i've been sponsored by frogloop since 2015 nice so you know they don't pay me but you know if i needed something i could text them and say hey can you, you know, go ahead and send me this sure yeah like yeah you no know, it's 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 hard to beat some of those per you know, the more personal things where you actually know the people's name.
0: Yeah, I agree. And that they know your name too. I know mm-hmm. a lot of companies I've talked to, they're like, We have a shooter name what? I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Never yeah, mind. I, yeah. Like two that's happened twice this year where they didn't know their own sponsored people. I was like, that's not good.
1: Yeah, no, at all. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so moving on in life. All right, junior adult, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh you graduate from high school and then you went to the Marine Corps. So what did you do there, Um, and then how did you end up on their shooting team or the reserve shooting team?
1: Yeah, so uh, most people don't know the Marine Corps has a reserve, which they do. Uh, Every branch does. So I joined the Marine Corps Reserve. I did logistics, so kind of the boring part of the logistics, the paperwork side, Mm -hmm. uh, which was okay. I mean, it was a good unit, but every... Every Marine is a rifleman. So every year we would go out and we would do our rifle range and luck be, you know, luck be luck. One of the instructors who came out to help run our range was one of the guys who runs the Marine Corps reserve shooting team. Hmm, Okay. And me being a gun guy, military shooting ranges are pretty boring. So we were shooting 25 yard, you know, just uh, silhouette outline paper targets there's you know, two side by side shoot the left one twice and shoot the right one twice you shoot the right one twice and you reload and go to a knee and shoot the left one. so easy this is dumb so i kind of started to mess around you know most most military guys are not the best shooters so yeah i you know put a little bit of speed on and reload and you know pressing out and c clamping the rifle and most people in the military hold the hold the rifle by right the I, the bag.
0: Bag. yeah
1: i <laughs> let the bang bang <laughs> reload bang and the guy walks up behind me and goes you shoot a lot don't you like, oh, yeah man. he's like you know blah 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 and he's like, i want to i want to talk to you later okay walk up he's like what's your name introduce myself He hands me a card with his email written on it. He's like, email me after this. I want to, okay. And turns out he's one of the guys who runs the shooting team. Oh, wow. So I got invited to go to one of their classes as a student, which me as a student was me sitting here taking notes and one of them standing like (laughs) right, right there, always kind of watching, right? Yeah. And then I got invited back as an assistant instructor. Cool teaching classes, working the range, you know, working with students, and then I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was luck, or they're trying to flesh out my skill, they actually let me shoot the three-gun nation nationals. Oh, cool. I was there, so they dropped me off orders, I got to drive down there, shoot, and come back
0: where was yeah. it at that time where was the nationals
1: that was in uh vir virginia international raceway okay that was the one oh, god i want to i want to say it was 2016 or 2017 but the whole range got like 36 inches of rain and they had to throw out they had to throw out half the match oh. And then uh, the river flooded, so we had to go all the way around. It took us like five hours to get back. Yeah, it was-
0: Oh, heck no.
1: Um, (laughs) no. But, you know, kind of weird shooting community thing. Um, I think most anyone who knows the three gun or action shooting community knows who the Yaklis are.
0: Oh yeah, love them. Becky,
1: Tim, Andrew. Um,
0: Becky's my favorite.
1: John, <laughs> oh yeah, she's awesome. Uh, her husband, Mark. Mark, is in the Marine Corps. Yep, he is not lieutenant colonel. He is the commanding officer of the Marine Corps Reserve Shooting Team. So cool. Yep. I did not know that. And he comes walking up. I'm like, I know who that guy is. <laughs> it's the shooting team is kind of this weird thing. It's not actually an official job. Okay. You not get. Like you don't get a letter that says like, welcome to the United States Marine Corps shooting team. You don't, the, the the marksman, the AMU, the Army Marksmanship Unit, that is your job. Right. Like you sign for, I am a member of the Army Marksmanship Unit. The Marine Corps shooting team is all basically a handshake. <laughs> so I got the handshake, you know, like congratulations, welcome. Um, and really what their focus is, isn't... Con- competing. Competing is good because it builds your skills and you learn new stuff. And you learn new stuff in a way you can't really learn anywhere else other than competitive shooting or really getting shot at.
2: Yeah, on the
1: clock, pressure, yeah. The second one is way less desirable because you don't really learn much when you're getting shot at, which I've never been shot at, so I can't personally attest to, but um, never been shot at in combat. Oh, um
0: there's a story
1: (laughs) there is um but we're instructors so i got taught how to teach people how to shoot okay so i'm not teaching you how to shoot i'm teaching you how to teach other people how to shoot
0: nice okay
1: so i was one of you know 40 people who were teaching people how to teach people how to shoot cool and it was very cool i was It's hard to underestimate the amount of knowledge people have because like someone walks up and goes, Hey, I have this question. You're like, Hmm, I don't know that, but that guy right over there has won dozens of medals nationally for precision rifle. And he will know the answer to that question. Yeah. Or that guy over there is a distinguished pistol marksman and he knows the answer question there's just so much based knowledge that you will never accrue anywhere else i mean yeah you know the the biggest biggest firearms company in the world can never pay all of these guys to learn all this stuff because the military has way more money yeah you know you can you can get i've been on a range we shot 43,000 rounds of 556 in one day
0: what between how many people uh 60 that's ridiculous. Sign me up. <laughs> uh,
1: no. I've shot any, any military firearm you can think of. I've shot. So oh, cool. you can't do that as a civilian. You can't go out and say, I'm going to shoot, you know, 200 rounds of armor piercing 50 cal out of a, an M2 machine gun. You'd never be able to afford it.
0: Well, not just that, but it's so sad. I should be able to.
1: <laughs> you should. Absolutely. But, you know, do, you know, and you can bring these skills into the civilian world. We talked about, you know, lightweight bulk hero groups and muzzle brakes and downloading your ammo so I can sit here bang, 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 all day. Yeah. OK, cool. That's awesome. But then you give a guy an M14 that's 308. He goes, takes that same stance and goes bang and rocks back on his heels. Yeah. OK, drive the gun.
0: Yeah, different gun. <laughs> and
1: and it would be real fun to do that when people weren't paying attention and you just flip their, se- their selector onto full auto. <laughs> and they go, not expecting it. Because they go, oh, yeah, yes. this is easy. Bang, bang, bang. But then they go, go all oh, like,
0: right. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, now I need to probably lean into this thing a little bit more. Yep. And even if you're not shooting anything full auto, leaning into that thing a little bit more is probably a good idea. <laughs> so you get these different these different skill bases that some people won't ever get anywhere else yep but that's also dangerous because you get the people that uncle joe's in the was in the army and he told me that in you know 1986 when he went through boot camp this is how they taught him to shoot oh yeah like i've been on military military shooting ranges so everyone there knows i introduced myself This is who I am. These are my qualifications. This is what I'm here to do. I'm here to help you get better. Walk up. Bang, bang, bang. Hey, man. Try this. Nope, that's how they taught me. You know, 18 years ago, when I went through the class, like, good luck with that, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's frustrating. And there's a lot of habits that come out of that. Um, So when you do become a a civilian, you know, there's a lot of stuff they have to relearn, too.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But, okay, so what did you do as far as, like, on the shooting team? Did y'all travel and shoot matches? You said you teach a lot. Like, what did that whole thing look like? And how long were you on there?
1: Uh, I was on the team for three years. Uh, Unfortunately, one of those years was kind of in limbo because they didn't give us really any money. So, The primary job was instruction. So, if a unit in Topeka, Kansas says, "Hey, we don't have any range coaches," they call us up and say, "Hey, who's available this weekend? Fly us out, and we would run their range with them." Cool. Um, we did do competitions. So, I've done—I did three with them, actually four: um, Kentucky, Texas, Virginia, and West Virginia. So. Uh, that was awesome. I got paid to go out and shoot. <laughs> I mean, and that was, it's hard to be getting a free plane ticket, money, you know, get picked up in a rental car to go out and to shoot. Um, yeah,
0: fed and ammo. And did, did you bring your own guns or did they supply that too?
1: So they were all our own guns, um, cool. which is weird because traditionally people think military, you're not supposed to have your own stuff. Uh, So that was a real trick to work out with as well. That was kind of some weird legal jumbling. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was all of our own own equipment. So we didn't have, you know, we weren't shooting M9s and stuff like that.
0: I'd rather have my own, I think, anyways.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Uh, But our primary job was instruction. So there's a two-week class every year that they bring reservists from all over the country and even out you know, in Guam and places like this that have reserve units to teach them how to teach others.
0: Cool, okay.
1: So all the, all the instructors would get together every year for two weeks, or two and a half weeks, a couple days in the front, a couple days in the back, and then two weeks every year to teach. There were about 90 to 95 students okay. to teach them how to become instructors so we would we would we would man that class and it was the only class in the in the military that is solely taught by reservists. Neat. Okay. okay. And there was another class that was teaching those students how to become teachers of teachers. So you have <laughs> you have a coach, you have a coach who teaches marksmanship, and you have a trainer who teaches the coach. Okay. Okay. So you know, there's like those three levels of hierarchy. Right. So, there's, you know, Joe who goes out and shoots once a year. There's the coach whose job it is to teach him. Mm-hmm. And then there's the instruct, the trainer whose job it is to teach the coach. Yeah.
0: That's kind of cool. It's kind of like passing, I mean, you're passing down information. So nobody loses that information.
1: Yeah. And it was, it was really cool because I was in, in a time where, if you spend enough time around military guys, you'll hear the term there you're taught last war by the last war. Mm. So all the knowledge that we have for our training is from Vietnam and world war two <laughs> and kind of sprinkling into their first Gulf war. Yeah. Which if you know anything about Vietnam, it doesn't really look like Afghanistan or Iraq. So <laughs> You know, we're still in this traditional mindset of, you know, especially with the traditional marksmanship, you know, can't parry stuff, you know, national match stuff of shooting the targets that come up and then come back down. And that's very, very old, old traditional knowledge. Yeah. But if you try to teach a Marine how to reverse kneel behind a barricade, it, it doesn't click. If you try to teach a marine how to transition between two guns with two hands, yeah, no, not so. You know, I understand that. You know, I can do certain things, but trying to teach it is very difficult. So, yeah, Yeah. you know, we were at we were in at a point where they were trying to get a new marksmanship style. So we were going into teaching people how to transition between guns, teaching people how to, you know, use barricades and transition sides so you could use barricades in other ways, uh, you know, shoot off rooftops, yeah. things like this, that unless you've seen it done, if I could be like, hey, go shoot off that rooftop, and you're like, okay, and you're standing up on the roof, <laughs> shooting over, yeah, shooting over the crest of the roof, like, no, get behind it. Yeah. So, you know, getting that knowledge out there is really important. And the Marine Corps has actually in the last, I want to say, six months, has implemented a new marksmanship program.
0: Yeah, they did away with a couple. Well, I don't know if you heard Matt Gunlock came on the show as well. (laughs) Yep. Talked about like the things that he changed because they're outdated as well. Um, you know, a lot of that the competition has changed. And I've been shooting with that team now across the country. They'll be in Great Lakes next weekend or whatever, two weeks. But they shoot a lot of regen all over the country. So now they're are keeping up with the times, and like you said, it's it is applicable. Maybe not all of it, right? <laughs> Some of those awkward positions, learning your gun, your dopes, like mm-hmm. knowing a lot of that. I mean, it's important across the board, not yes. just military. But that's pretty yes. cool. So, how did that help, um, like on the shooting team, coming out of there, and then going into three gun or, or competing? Like, how did all of that kind of compound to? I know how good you are as a shooter. <laughs> to doing all the things. <laughs>
1: Um, it definitely gave me the, the knowledge background to more adequately explain what was going on. So yeah. I, well, I mean, when I was on the trap team, the senior guys would go and help the junior guys. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm a like 17 year old kid. I don't know how to explain things. You know, I barely know how, I barely know what's going on in my own head. So,
0: well, and I was going to say real quick too, some people can't teach it even though they're like super good at it. Right.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, you get these people that have no idea what they're talking about, but they were, you know, oh, I was in this unit, so I'm going to become an instructor. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I have, I got classes on how to teach people, which is pretty uncommon. So, right. You know, just being able to more adequately explain, like, hey, I get what you're doing, but try it this way. Um. And then once again, just going through some of those, you know, unique situations that I would never would have been experienced, uh, you know, carrying guns for long amounts of time. you know, not very many people do that because they don't have to, Uh, you know, wearing armor, shooting, standing up out of the back of a vehicle that's moving, you know, you can, not to say that that's applicable to three gun because it's definitely not, but, (laughs) Unless you shot the three-man three-gun, where you shot out of the back of a golf cart, because that was fun. Nice.
0: I shot out the back of a jeep at Memorial. That was really cool, and I made yeah. the pencil shot from the back of the van, moving. That was like really hard at the last second. People were like, how'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> but so, but that's, I mean, you know, that's not the same thing. Yeah. But like, hey, I can take this skill that I learned, and you know, add this little piece of knowledge that I have. And put it here where you know you get a lot of people that will take, you know, they go out and take two or three pistol classes and then they think they know everything there is to know about shooting pistol. Yes. But you can combine that, you know, the military background and the civilian background and Mm -hmm. push them together, you're gonna get a lot more knowledge than this is all my military stuff and the civilian stuff doesn't matter, or this is all the civilian stuff and the military stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. because you know like it or not military guys don't get to shoot a lot no but i was i was one of the lucky ones that got to shoot a lot yep same thing with police officers right you know you get these people that you get these people that you know oh this is how i was taught when i went through the police academy yeah 15, 15 years ago i'm like okay cool uh well, oh, I shoot twice a year for quality. It's horrible.
0: Like, it hurt yeah. me to know that should be like 90% of their job. That's what protects them. Like, they don't know how to use, not even that, but even non lethals. I have a lot of people in law enforcement that I love. And I'm like, you need to be out of the range. Like, it's, I know it's out of your own pocket, but like, I'll take you. Let's go. And I have done that for even EMS workers, you know, even though they can't have firearms, maybe that one day they will. I'm like, you know, if you run across a gun, you need to use it. You need to know how to use it.
1: Yeah. Or what happens if you find a bad guy that's ODing and he's got a gun on him? Like, um, you know, and it, it's just, like you said, it's all those different skill sets mm-hmm. that are put together. You get a lot of people that will completely, I did a video on this a couple of days ago, that'll completely discount what you have to say because, you know, oh, I was in the military or yeah. you, you were in the military, so I'm not going to listen to what you have to say because you were brainwashed. Yeah. And I've had both. Yeah. And, you, you know, you get the people that, just expect you to be regurgitating knowledge rather than like that's i had a guy that i definitely didn't get along with who the shooter was shooting just fine making good hits fours and fives but was kind of in a weird weird position and the guy starts going up and messing with him and he starts shooting twos and threes like hey man why'd you why'd you screw with that guy well that's not the way that they they teach it like, okay was he doing anything unsafe well no so how was it wrong right you know right. i i always once again equating this to think people know i don't know anything about plumbing i'm not going to stand behind the plumber i hired and go yeah no I, w- I would do that the other way yeah i don't i don't know you get the, you know, you get so many people that have so many different mindsets, especially coming from, you know, one of my f- least favorite and most favorite terms, FUD lore, you know. <laughs> little guns are better for women. Ugh. Uh, you know. You can't shoot 40, full either. <laughs> 40, 45 is the best caliber. You know, all these, all these things that are so ingrained in some people because that's the way that we're taught.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. No break the mold, come up with a new idea. You know, everything, this is one of my favorite things about Jerry Mitchell is he said several times, recorded. The only reason he does what he does is because he hasn't found a better way to do it. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: If he woke up yet tomorrow and figured out that jumping up and down on a pogo stick was more efficient, he would do it. He would do it.
0: Yep. And he'll ask you, he'll ask you stage plans because he's like, Hey, what are your stage plan? Right. And like, he's genuinely asking you, well, I'm gonna do it this way. Cause he's trying to figure out if it's faster, if it's better, if he, if he, you know, didn't see something.
1: Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is. And I've shot with Jerry on, on a squad for a three-day match. And that was a very, very cool experience because like you said, he actually asks and he'll watch you walk around. Yep. And, um, on that same, uh, that same squad, was a guy that is a fantastic, fantastic pistol shooter. And he's one of those guys that would go, stage will take about 27 seconds. Like, How, like, how'd you just do that? And then someone would go up and shoot it, and, you know, 28, 30. Hmm. Well, you know, I know this, if you, you know, a plate rack from this long will take about that from And then moving over here, will take about two and a half seconds. Like, I can't do that, but he's done it so many times Yeah. that it all just, you know, just ticks up and he's got it. Yep. that's pretty cool. I'm not that good. I'm not that good at math.
0: <laughs> oh, there's something I was going to ask about that. Oh, okay. Let's talk about social media. though no, I didn't really want to bring that up too much. Okay. Social media. So how do people look for expertise? or knowledge or credibility on social media?
1: <laughs> um, I think this has been brought to light by a lot of people. Um, editing is a thing. <laughs> um, so kind of the more common one is like Dude Perfect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, throws a basketball behind his head 50 feet, makes it in. He, that wasn't the first time he tried it. Yeah. And I'm sure you've done it too, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna demonstrate something you knew with the reload and like, all right, well, we're start over, start <laughs> over and do it. Hey, I did it perfectly. Yeah. But once again, kind of like I said about the CZ, you know, searching for CZ and you look at the good reviews and the bad reviews, just kind of take the flavor of the video, you know? Does it, does it look too good to be true? Does it look like an infomercial? Does it look like someone's just showing off? Right. Uh, you know, I've been criticized for some of my videos that I put up, like, oh, you're talking too much. That's how you explain things. Yeah. Like, is doing something, what if you have a question and I you could answer it in the 30 seconds of talking? Yeah. Instead of you having to put it in the comments and hope I respond. <laughs> and I have, I've only got like 2,500 followers. Imagine the people that have 400,000 oh, yeah. and get hundreds of comments a day. Yeah. They'll never respond. Yeah. So um, look at the people who do things because they want to do them. Not, you know, people that are uh, you know, I've been pretty critical of people like Hickok 45, uh, iv Ivy 88, 88, just because they're they're given guns. Yeah. Probably not gonna say a whole lot of bad stuff about them. Any gun I review, I own. Yeah. Yeah. Unless specifically was this is borrowed. And I right. usually tag the person who let me borrow the gun. Yep. Me too. So
0: not my gun, not my, not, my, not yeah. my optic. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just well, telling you like, what I did.
1: <laughs> yeah. I bought some weird little single shot nine millimeter thing that sucks hard. <laughs> and I'm kind of thankful the company doesn't have an Instagram because I would have tagged them in the video. Oh, like,
2: yeah,
1: It's not comfortable to shoot. It's kind of scary but I bought it. It was a, it was like $105, which isn't expensive, but I still paid for that myself. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone searched that they go, Oh, well, you know, he said, it's kind of cool. It's a cool little thing, yeah. but it's also not, not awesome to shoot. Like, you know, if it's, you know, glowing review from point A to the end, it, it might be something you might want to take with a grain of salt, or if it's, you know, this is scheming, you know, scheming piles of whatever. You know, I've had bad experiences with guns that I would tell you never to purchase. Yeah, absolutely. But you could buy one, it could be fine. Right,
0: yeah. The other thing that people don't do, and I'll just say my two things on that, is um, look up practice score. (laughs) So you see all these runs, right? Paper, paper, paper. You see the raw time maybe at the end you didn't know that they just blew past 17 targets, right? I Oh, I just get so frustrated and I've been at that match and I've seen those videos and I'm like, and you can't be that person that says anything, but hey, if you look on your phone, you go to that person and competitor, you can see that they placed last on that stage, but they just posted that run because they did it for the gram. Look good. So frustrating. And the other piece, I won't name names, you already know. Think of a range that has every single piece of steel size out there, right? Okay, if you shoot anywhere, <laughs> it's something that dings right (laughs) so think about what people are shooting at and how far away it is um Mm -hmm. it's so frustrating
1: (laughs) yeah one of my favorite stories from history is if you think of this guy is just a badass right he's a gunfighter, doc Holliday, right? right there is a historically there is a documented event that he went to a shooting match and placed dead last Huh? so you think this guy oh man this guy's a gunfighter and he's a badass and he you know flips his pistol around and does all this goofy stuff and he's on tombstone it was super awesome Mm -hmm. dead blast (laughs) but then you also have guys like uh wild bill hickok who was known for being an exceptional marksman Mm -hmm. but what do you think of when you think of wild bill hickok you think of a traveling sideshow yeah and then you think of you know, these guys were gunfighters who were kind of more just drunk, you know, bumbling idiots yeah. than gunfighters.
0: Yep, it's interesting. So anyways, on that,
2: <laughs>
0: go look at <up> practice score. <laughs> um, going back to the teaching too, to wrap that up, uh, as a fire ins- firearms instructor in general, what do you wish more people knew about firearms? Um, and what do you think like both civilians and military and law enforcement or whatever could do to kind of work together to you know, improve.
1: What I wish people knew more is that firearms don't have morals. Uh, You know, I'm not religious. I don't believe in spirituality or any of that stuff. But like you said earlier, guns are tools. Yeah. So if I had a wrench, the wrench is not evil. If I hit someone with, with it, it's still not evil.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I accidentally hit someone with my car, my car doesn't become cursed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not dangerous. A, a firearm is a tool. Yep. It might be a different kind of tool, but it is a tool, whether you're using it for personal protection or a job or hunting or sport. So it would be the same thing as saying, you know, like, oh, I cut myself with my kitchen knife, so I'm going to throw it away and get another one. that's silly.
0: Or never use it again or or never afraid yeah. Of it. yeah i'm sure you have a gun laying around right now like fully loaded like mine yeah and it hasn't gone off
1: oh, <laughs> oh. yeah <laughs> and once again people come in to the gun shop i've never owned a gun before and they're shaking yeah shaking i'm like hey you ever driven a car yeah you're way more statistically likely to get hurt in a car than with a gun
0: oh big time or airplane like, or even oh. shark I'm like
1: yeah <laughs> That, that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, of course it does. Because the first time you chopped an onion, you didn't know how to do it. But now if you've been chopping onions for 15 years, you're probably pretty good at it. Yeah. So when I pull a gun out of a case and flip it around and lock the slide open without even looking at it, you go, oh, man, you're so good at handling guns. I'm like, yeah, because I've been doing it for 20 years. And
0: every day of my life. Yep. Every day of my life. I like that.
1: As for the second question, what... What people could do more is just twofold. So, share knowledge. Don't, if you hold knowledge to yourself, you're a jerk. Yep. So, my the entire existence I have in the shooting world is to share knowledge. Yep. Whether that be uh, someone just had a bad stage, so I tell them a joke to make them feel better, or hey, don't do that because it's not safe or not efficient, try it this way. And the second one is to be willing to admit that either you don't know or you were wrong.
0: Oh my gosh, say it louder one more time, what?
1: You can be wrong. <laughs> so bringing up Jerry again, the reason he does what he does is because he hasn't found a better way. Mm-hmm. But what that also means is he used to do it a different way, but now he found a new way. Yeah. So, you know, sure, I can shoot left-handed, but I know that if I shoot right-handed, I'm a lot better. <laughs> so I'm probably gonna shoot right-handed. Yeah. Like the weaver stance works, but not as well as I, you know, modified up modern isosceles. Yeah. So if you come up, this is one of my favorite questions in like a job interview. What happens if you don't know the answer to the question? Like, I don't know, but I'll find out. There you go. Because the gun world at one point everything was made up like john john browning invented the pistol slide (laughs) and someone had to figure out how to pull it back and let it go yeah and then someone figured out that you can insert the magazine and press the slide step Mm -hmm. and then someone figured out that you can insert a magazine and rack it with the webbing in your hand like that wasn't all just like john branding invented the pistol slide then all of this knowledge just appeared like someone had to do it the first time so that's not a bad thing just because you don't know doesn't mean you're wrong
0: right right it's the ego they don't want to admit it and i do it all the time like i don't know i'm gonna find out i have seven thousand people in the gun industry that i will find out Um, and that's i love it um i want to go into three a little bit this is like my favorite you have some cool math out there (laughs) <laughs> what was the first three-gun competition you shot, first of all?
1: It was in 2015. And I, like, did I know? what? I don't think I knew what practice score was <laughs> or it was even a thing. Right. Uh, so I searched and I found a three-gun match. And I, this is, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So mm-hmm. lo and behold, there's a, there's a club 30 minutes from my old house that I could have gone and shot at, but I drove like three, three hours on a Friday after work, got down there, hotel, the whole thing, and then shot. I would, what was kind of cool because it was a little two-day match, but shot Saturday and Sunday and then drove home. I'm like, oh, that just must be how it is, right? <laughs> and, you know, I had... A bone stock Glock 34. I didn't even change the sights. Yep. And you know, the first pistol I ever ever shot, I didn't know what looking at a front sight was. <laughs> so many but people say I, don't. <laughs> I actually remember when it clicked, and I I can't remember what I was I was working at the gun shop, and I was dry firing, and I went, and I was looking at the target, and then something like. I don't know if there was like a speck of dust or something on the front site, and I was like, Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> but you know, I went down there and I had a great time. Oh, and I was like, Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks. I had to drive three hours to do it, but it was really fun. And then, but that was my base, right? From my base knowledge, then I found practice score and I found the Richmond Club where I went to shoe and all these different, you know. Met all these different guys that I could go out and shoot with, and then being on the team, I you know going into Texas and Oklahoma and all these different things.
0: That's awesome. And then nationals, three and nationals, yeah. What yeah, was, was your hard.
1: do what? That was an interesting match.
2: <laughs>
0: I couldn't do that six-hour reroute. The rain, man. Have <laughs> you ever been to a match that doesn't rain? I don't know. I have like been a one out of eight matches where yeah. it's not raining.
1: Pretty, pretty, pretty unfortunate.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite match you've ever been to?
1: <laughs> the Vortex Shooter Source 3-Gun. Okay. That was a match with the shooting team. Um, it was super, super awesome because it was like big boy rules. And... If you were shooting long range, you you could have your team members on scope, calling hits, oh, cool, and calling corrections, right? And like, there's you, the person filming you, and like two more people behind you, and you're like, you know, shooting your pistol, you know, like, shit out of out of ammo, and someone like hand and you a mag, like, yeah. Sweet, helping matches are so cool. It it was just, and it they were the Marine Corps guys, so like you know, one of the guys is just super good at long range. So you'd shoot one round, you know, and you'd go, you know, left edge, three inch up, bang, hit. <laughs> That's so cool. It was, it was, it was so much fun. Cause it was just, that was the attitude it was. It was just like, go out there and have fun. Yeah. Where instead of, you know, going out there and shooting like crap and beating yourself up.
0: Yeah. I just think that I get that there's people that I, I understand why it's competition, right? They want to win. They should win, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I don't think I'll ever be a pro, but like shooting at helping matches, like the pro-am stuff style was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, having people be able to hand you um, ammo. I don't know if you've listened to podcasts uh, with Rob that I did. <laughs> Josh Tarrant just picks up his like shotgun ring that had fallen and literally is holding it for him to load. Yeah. Cause it's not fun to go all the way to the match. You have one opportunity to shoot that one stage, maybe your mm-hmm. entire life, Right. And you can't because you left ammo on the ground or it fell off. Like, come on, Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's so cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, the team match was fun. Um, That was kind of a weird experience because one of our guys got (gasps) DQ'd. There were three guys on the team, so we had to shoot the the last two stages with just us two. Oh shoot! And I like. I was like, hmm. Well, I'm gonna just go for glory on this thing, and just, just burned like just heroed it just connected with everything couldn't miss mm-hmm. and like turned around just like you know just fist pumps and high fives and everything and it was like that was awesome except for we couldn't win because one of our guys got deqed.
0: ah <laughs> uh, that sucks yeah. have you
2: ever dq How do you not know? no
1: i have not <laughs> um i have almost I dumped my rifle into a dump box and it fell out Uh but it didn't hit the ground (laughs) uh that was at safari land one year and then two times when I was trap shooting (laughs) I ad'd into the ground
0: Uh, was it far enough away is that what they did
1: there are no safety rules
2: Oh, good. As long as you don't
1: turn around with a loaded gun, you can't get disqualified from a of, from a trap match. Hmm. Hmm. Like okay. you could be—I mean, I'm sure you could—but I've never seen. It. <laughs> okay. So I'm talking about you know like full space cadet sitting there, not even paying attention. Put my finger on the trigger and just boom. Like, <laughs> uh oh and he's just like okay i'm just gonna go ahead and load another shell up here and- <laughs> yeah, So it, it was that was kind of weird for sure because i mean i definitely it definitely rattled me yeah and i'm like
2: i think i'm
1: done
2: <laughs> you get all
1: red
0: in the face you're like oh yeah yeah oh my gosh and so then you so three gun was your thing and you shoot a little bit of uspsa
1: i do um mainly more as practice and just yeah. to go out and shoot than anything else but yeah i've got have got a pcc that i need to pull out and shoot
0: it's fun i just dropped the yeah. trigger on mine today
1: <laughs> yeah i i won an upper so i was like well i can't not put one together so.
0: yeah hey they're they're good rifle i'm shooting and you to practice positional pcc will be movement and put it together there you go <laughs> um so wrapping up yeah. Um, what What does a shooting scene look like where you're at, and how could someone get involved with anything shooting wise that they want to do besides what you said at the beginning? You know, going out and watching.
1: So we mentioned it before. Practice score. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, you can search by name. So type in the name of your city. And you can also search on a map, which is awesome. Um, watch youtube videos figure out what kind of match you want to shoot and even if you don't have any intention of shooting it go out and watch pick a squad follow them around see what they're doing ask someone a question you know be nice say hi you know i'm austin i don't know what the hell i'm doing but i might want to do this you know someone will tell you what's going on yeah oh
0: and if you don't Uh, like a squad or you don't like the person just go to a different squad yeah just move just talk to someone else they don't all represent (laughs) us
1: (laughs) yes um instagram social media is good uh you can i mean i tag a lot of my videos with reno or you know whatever location uh search you know uh search the type of match you want to find and especially a lot of the smaller channels if you if you message me i will message you back
0: yeah that's how we connected
1: yeah and i mean I'm not going to message you back if you say hi I want to you know I want you to sell me a gun but I live in France like that's not gonna happen because I've had that happen to me um of course but if you go hi I'm you know Jake from Las Vegas and I found your video and I'm really curious I know someone in Vegas that will take you out to a match
0: yeah
1: or I will post on whatever group on Facebook I have a guy in you know Topeka, Kansas, who wants to shoot a match, who will take him? Exactly. And someone will take you. Yep. And, you know, even, like I said, even if you have no equipment, just go out and watch. Yeah. There's plenty of videos of, you know, the bare minimum equipment you need to shoot a match or okay. trap or two gun or whatever it might be.
0: And we're not, as a community, it doesn't matter what it is, uh, what sport, what discipline, we're not gonna let gear hold you back hundred percent like that's the worst yes. excuse you can have we're not gonna let it we have enough yes. don't feel bad about borrowing i think that's the other tip i would leave for people
1: definitely like, i mean obviously um, and then but that brings up you know be courteous i think more people are common that this is you know your first match you're not going to do well no. go out and be safe and have fun mm-hmm. if you see everyone else doing something like resetting you probably want to do that too or picking up brass at the end of the day or (laughs) and if you've
0: a gun, go ahead and clean it for him too (laughs) Yeah.
1: or offer to take him to dinner yeah or buy him a six pack of beer or something
0: exactly we don't want cash we just want you to be around yeah
1: Yeah, that's awesome
0: um and then do you want to share what you do for a living since a lot of people don't know what different people do
1: Sure. Um, I actually just got a new job, which I start tomorrow. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Um, so I will be doing logistics, which kind of a common theme. Um, so just shipping and receiving. Um, I'm in the Nevada Air National Guard, which I also do logistics, but that's on aircraft, which is a little bit more exciting. Yeah. So, uh, still carried through with my military service. So still doing that, which is fun.
0: Thanks for everything you do. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you.
1: Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh,
0: and so what's next for you in terms of shooting?
1: Uh, I just shot my first match in over a year, which was awesome. Uh, that was a rifle only match. So, uh, my new job, I'm just going to try to get set there. And then I should have Saturdays off. So, I will try to shoot some local matches. So, it's going to be USPSA and multi gun mostly.
0: You know, if you get to the, the uh, two gun match, the um, Cobalt,
1: mm-hmm. did you
0: see that is scheduled in December?
1: I've, I've heard it's pretty cool.
0: Dude, you would crush it. I've heard it's legit you would
1: crush it. So put that on your list. Yeah, I'll, tr- I'll try. I, wanna, I definitely want to get to, I would always try to do two or three a year and I'm with everything going on. I'm trying to try to get back to that for sure.
0: Yeah. But if you play with PCC, I mean, you can do rifle pistol or PC pistol, but yeah. Um, okay. Austin, any final thoughts you want to leave listeners with?
1: Shooting is supposed to be fun. So don't take yourself too seriously um always be willing to learn stuff but then again also be willing to teach someone something
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know i could i learn a lot more by teaching people than i ever did by being instructed yep so someone's going to ask a question and i go i've never been asked that before and it's going to make me think about something in a different way mm-hmm. and that's always a good thing even if you don't agree with it that's always a good thing
0: I love it good advice um and any shout-outs you want to give to like you said sponsors or people you know that support you
1: um yeah um obviously my parents we talked about that a lot um uh, my wife emily who deals with me dry firing in the living room um <laughs> and then you know all the companies that i've dealt with um vortex like they're awesome vortex is awesome people uh Froglube, cmc uh dark systems vortex um and then just the cool people that I've met you know the guys from trailblazer firearms or my my cup here just so many of those cool people like I said you know meeting you that you know they can see each other once a year and high five and go have a beer and it's it's hard to beat that community
0: it is yeah and do a podcast every now and then
1: <laughs> oh yeah for sure
0: <laughs> if you shoot a match like this year we'll do a, another episode talking about like a breakdown of a match or something. Oh
2: yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Um, And so how can people follow you on social media? And then do you have a website as well?
1: I don't. I've always thought about making one, but it's kind of one of those things that is grand plans and everything goes away. (laughs) Um, I post every once in a while on YouTube, which I want to get back to, uh, which is just Three Gun Austin. Pretty much everything's Three Gun Austin, which A-U-S-T-I-N, the normal spelling. (laughs) Um, There is another guy with my same name. So I don't, I'm not, a junior shooter anymore i am this guy so um <laughs> i learned that this weekend though yeah. so <laughs> so uh this three gun austin on instagram uh i have a facebook but i don't it's mostly just reposted stuff so
0: awesome well thank you so yeah. much for coming on the podcast thanks for sharing yeah. knowledge and uh go follow austin asking questions
1: thanks for having me i really appreciate it
0: absolutely thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening to the reticle up podcast be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on youtube Follow along on social media at Redipolup or Three Gun Kenzie.